0: One of my biggest learning curves when I was scaling a business in the early years was learning how to bring people into my comfort zone and trust them to get on with the job that they were there to do. And if you're starting to onboard new members into your teams or you're thinking about it, then it's natural to feel a level of resistance to letting go of what you've worked so hard to create. So you've brought your business to where it is today and I get it, it's super hard to let go of your business baby and hand parts of that over to other people who may not have the same level of passion or vested interest in your business as you. And one of the mindset habits you need to break when you're growing your teams is stepping away from the operational minutiae and into leadership. And that means trusting your people with the work you now need to let go of. Now, this is one of my most asked questions from my one-to-one clients, so I've decided to put the answer to that into a podcast. So today, I'm going to take you on a huge deep dive into how to delegate like a CEO without losing control of your business. So I'm Laure Bradley, I'm a business strategist and I show coaches, consultants and service-based entrepreneurs how to scale a business beyond seven figures by working smarter and not harder. All right, so let's get started. So around 25 years ago, when I built a team from a handful of people to over 100 people, learning how to delegate the things I wanted to get done was one of the most important skills I've ever learned in business. Not just from the perspective of freeing up my time, which of course is a huge reason for doing it, but learning how to effectively delegate to my people helped me to grow my leadership mindset. It expanded my decision-making capabilities and it empowered and motivated the people who were working for me. And it's usually the case that when you're working on your own in your business and thinking about scaling, or if you have a small team around you, that delegating is more than likely a skill you haven't been taught. And if you're actively delegating already, you might be missing opportunities to use delegation in such a way that you can really grow your business and your own CEO role. And years ago, one of the hardest things for me was accepting that I couldn't do everything myself. Now, I'm also a perfectionist, so I found the thought of letting go of the things that I'd created terrifying. And I remember I went through a stage of working even harder and working longer hours just because I didn't want to let go of the reins. And it was exhausting. And I felt close to burnout so many times from the stress of avoiding delegation. But here's the thing, learning to let go and learning to delegate effectively is going to be essential if you want to have a successful thriving business. And if you get into the mindset of making delegation a part of your day-to-day, then delegation is going to help you to free up your time to focus on your CEO role without drowning under the weight of those day-to-day tasks. So, remember... What's key here as you scale your business is stepping out of the minutiae to give yourself time and space to think strategically. And if you're anything like I was uh, a long time ago, then there are probably many tasks eating into your time, which you probably shouldn't be doing at all. So, for example, podcast editing or scheduling social media posts are a couple of quick things that spring to mind here that I still see many people doing these things when they're busy scaling but I also want you to think broader than the tactical tasks that you're doing that you should be delegating. So you need to be focusing on the strategic tasks and the strategic decisions you need to be making as the leader of your business. So when you can delegate your low priority and lower impact tasks to your team, you're then able to laser your focus on setting and hitting your business goals. And that's where your mindset needs to be when you're scaling. Okay, so what's stopping you from getting started? So like I said earlier, if you're like me and you've built a business by yourself and you've always taken care of all the tasks needed to get your business to where it is today, then you may find it a challenge to just start delegating some of those tasks to your new team. And I get why that is. You've made an emotional investment in your business and in your success And when you remove yourself from what's made you successful, then those mind monkeys creep in and basically they keep you exactly where you are. But it's important to remember that what got you here in your business will not get you there. And you're going to need to step up out of your comfort zone if you want to take your business to the next level. And that means learning to delegate. One of the lessons I've learned is that the sooner you can get comfortable with delegating, the better. Many solopreneurs especially don't delegate soon enough in their business. And I've learned that the secret to faster scaling is to bring support into your business and delegate or outsource operational tasks. As soon as you have these things, a proven offering, you're making consistent sales and you're receiving great reviews from your clients. So what's keeping you from growing your team and delegating? Well, you might recognize yourself in one of these scenarios. Your business has always been your baby, and you're afraid of letting go of the reins of control. Or you might want to prove to your team that despite being the boss, you're still prepared and able to do anything that you would ask your team to do. And next, your comfort zone might be keeping you stuck so you might feel safer and happier doing something which you know that you can do to perfection rather than stepping away and into your new CEO role. And you might be of the frame of mind where you think it's just quicker to get the task completed yourself rather than to delegate it to somebody else who might not do it to the standard that you're used to. And I've got to admit, I'm guilty of this one. And if you don't have a team yet, You might be continuing to do these tactical or operational tasks because you don't yet have the people on board to support you. Now, if you do see yourself in any of these examples, then don't worry. It's a normal part of your business growth journey and it's normal to evolve, grow and find your feet as the leader of your business. However, you might not see at this stage that stepping away from the smaller tactical things will ultimately help you to grow into an effective leader much faster and it'll give you that headspace to focus more on building your strategy. And you may even be thinking that you can't afford to delegate for whatever reason, but the reality is that you really can't afford not to delegate if you want to scale. So, what I'm going to talk about now is how to identify what to delegate, and I'm going to take you through an exercise which I think you'll find really useful. So, when you delegate effectively, you're going to free yourself to work on the more important parts of your business and focus more strategically and leveraging is one of the fastest ways to grow your business beyond seven figures. So what you're going to do is leverage the talents and skills of your people, and then you can start to step up your focus onto strategically scaling your business. And you'll be doing that as its CEO. And these strategic things may be the things you already wanted to focus on from the get-go, but you haven't been able to for one reason or another. But Before you even get started thinking about delegating your workload to your people, you need to know what you're actually doing with your time so that you can demarcate your new leadership role from the tasks you're thinking of delegating. So I have a simple uh, little exercise for you, which I work through with my own clients to help them decide and feel confident in their own decisions. Okay, so here's what to do. So, take some time to make a list of the things you do each day and note down roughly how much time you spend on them. And then, when you've done that, I want you to review your list and ask yourself these prompts. So, I want you to think about the tasks that drain your time. Then, I want you to think about the tasks that you dislike. And then, lastly, I want you to think about the tasks that don't play to your own core strengths. And a great example of this is if you spend a good part of the day editing YouTube videos and you feel frustrated because you aren't good at it and you don't enjoy it, then that's a pretty good sign that you could be utilising your time more productively elsewhere. And I'm just going to add in here that people often say to me that I should outsource my web development because I still do this myself. And I will do one day, but to be honest, I actually find it very mindful And I find it relaxing to do it in front of the TV. So for now, at least, it's staying as part of my own day job. And I'm really happy about that. So my point here is to create a CEO role for yourself, which gives you freedom, happiness, mental well-being and plays to your strengths and gives you strategic oversight of your business. So there are no right or wrong ways of becoming a great CEO. So if that means you continue to create your own Canva images in your day because it brings you joy, then go for it. (laughs) Okay, so let's head back to the list you're working through. Next, I want you to ask yourself, which of these tasks can you actually stop doing? So are they essential to the running of your business? If they are, then Could they be streamlined or even automated? So if you identify tasks that don't need to be done at all, then just get rid of them. And now think about where the buck stops with you. So which tasks must you do as part of your business owner role? And these are the tasks that you must do and you cannot delegate them. So, for example, the buck stops with me to make sure I check my taxes are correct once the accountant has prepared them. So I really can't outsource or delegate that final check. So that stays as part of my role. Next, and this is for those of you who are struggling to let go and trust others with key pieces of work. So think about those non-negotiable tasks you feel you can't afford for a member of your team to make a mistake on. So for example, which tasks need to be right first time for your clients? So which tasks are a deal breaker if they're incorrect? Now, These tasks will be the ones that you'll hold on to and you'll do yourself. And my hope is you'll work on letting go, building trust in your team and delegating further down the line. So it's okay not to let go of everything right away. So go easy on yourself. And lastly, think about the gaps in your own knowledge or your skill set and the tasks that you could outsource to an expert. So, for example, I have clients I work with every 90 days to help review their business and create a plan for the way ahead. So they aren't an expert in strategy yet. So it's far cheaper for them to outsource this to me than to go away and learn years of strategic planning themselves. And this part of the exercise will take some time. So what I suggest is go through your week or your month as usual and just keep a notepad by your side. and literally jot everything down whilst you work and don't forget to include any quarterly or annual tasks in your list. All right, so let's move on to the next step in this exercise. So you're going to identify your options uh, for delegation. So you're going to do a short sanity check now. So I want you to look at your list of tasks again and work out which tasks need to be done by a person and which routine or repeating tasks can be done by software. So let's talk about delegating tasks to software-based apps. Now, I'm not going to dive into apps and software here in too much detail, but there are tons of software apps available, which will help you to automate your regular repeating tasks and your workflows. And this usually requires working out what the workflow would be for the tasks you could potentially automate. And then once the system is set up, neither you or anyone in your team need to spend too much time maintaining them. Now, Zapier is an example of an amazing tool, which is great for automating workflows and connecting multiple apps together into new workflows. So it's a huge time and money saver. Likewise, if you have ad hoc tasks which aren't repeating, then think about how these can be automated as well. So that could be things like your client session bookings or software for your bookkeeping and accounting. Now I use crunch accounting software for all my bookkeeping and accounting needs. It's for UK based businesses and it's simple and it starts from free to use and it's a huge time and money saver. And then Kartra is also my go-to platform for automations around my sales funnel, my uh, opt-ins and my payment processing. So another great example could be voice recognition software to save you time writing your blog posts or transcribing your podcasts. Otter is a brilliant auto transcriber. And again, it's completely free. And perhaps team communication tools such as Asana or ClickUp save time and help you track your progress of the tasks that you want to delegate to your team members. So think about what platforms and the software that might help free up your role and make your team more efficient. Now go through your list and find tasks that you can delegate from your to-do list Down to an automated workflow. Now, I highly recommend doing some research or asking what other people are using if you're not up to speed with the software that's out there today. Okay, so now you've identified what you can automate. Now, let's talk about delegating some of your tasks to real people. And I'm working on the principle here that you already have a team or someone to delegate to or someone to outsource to. So, firstly, you need to make sure that you're choosing the right person for the task. Of course, you're going to find the majority of tasks on your list probably can't be automated. But remember, you don't have to do them yourself. And also remember here that you're looking to shed as many tasks as you can to free your time to work on your business and not in it. So consider asking somebody else to handle the tasks that are slowing you down and those tasks which you've decided not to do yourself. Now, if you don't have a permanent or virtual team members, you can potentially easily find the right organizations to outsource your work to. And it's usually the case that businesses often don't hire full-time employees and instead they're look for virtual team members. Usually that's so they can maintain flexibility. And there are so many talented people out there with fantastic skills who have chosen to become part of this new virtualized workforce. And when you pull all of these options together to use software, And permanent and virtual team members, then you have an incredible talent base that you can tap into to find the right people to take on specific projects or tasks in your business. And if you're already a multi six figure business owner, then you're probably already outsourcing to an accountant or a bookkeeper, and you have your digital marketing, your social media, and some of your operational tasks covered. And don't forget, to look at your own personal life too. So if you need someone to clean your home or to do the laundry so that you can concentrate on working in your CEO role, then get people in to support you. Now, you wanna make sure that you're supported from all angles in your life, whether that's your business. So you also want to make sure that you're supported from all angles in your life, whether that's business or personally. Okay, you might also at this point be costing up how much it would cost you to hire in that extra support and feeling tempted to avoid investing in bringing people into your business. But this can turn out to be a false economy. So if any of the jobs you do in your business could be done by someone else for a cheaper hourly rate than yours, then you're not working smart. You're basically, you're losing money from your business. So Don't be tripped up by that cost-saving mindset. And once you have the right person or the right people to support you, then it's time to use these next steps to start driving the results that you want from your teams. So I'm now gonna talk about how to successfully delegate to somebody else. And this is probably the part that trips so many of you up because successful delegation means trusting a task to somebody else. And here's the key part making sure that they know what's expected of them and when it's expected so effective delegation is not assigning a task to somebody else with some sketchy instructions remember your business is only as effective as the people who are in it and for those of you who are feeling nervous about letting go of the reins remember that when you delegate anything in your business you pass responsibility to someone else to complete your task but you still remain accountable for the successful completion of that task. So reframe your mindset and tell yourself that you aren't really giving up control. Okay, so I'm going to walk you through the practical workflow for delegating your projects and day-to-day tasks so that you can free up your time and focus on growing your business. Okay, step one, clearly articulate what you want to hand over. And the tip here is not to just communicate what you're handing over, but to be absolutely clear on what you're asking your team member to do for you. And by that, I mean lay out your clear and specific expectations for the job to be done. So, for example, don't say, I want this piece of sales copy written and to be done by Friday, but be specific about how you want it laid out, the specific tone of voice that you want used the length of the copy, and so on. So you may even give the person examples of copy that you've previously written so that they have an example to work alongside. For example, for more complex or longer-term projects, you might decide to continue to the next stage of the project once you've reviewed the current stage. Now, this style of approach is great because it sets your team up for success and you also retain a level of leadership oversight on the work being completed. Okay, so a final tip on setting your team members up for success is to always let your team members know what good looks like. So what do you consider to be a job well done? So what does that look like? And once you've articulated what needs to be done, then it's time to move on to step two. So choose the right person for the task. All right, so this one is fairly self-explanatory, I think. So you need to choose the right person who has the right skills to fit the job at hand. So, for example, if you have a current team, whether that's permanent or virtual, look at their existing skills, their level of interest in the tasks that you want to assign, how motivated they are about it, their availability to get it done and any previous relevant training or past experience they may have had. And I want to throw in an extra tip here. If you have a new task or a project which needs to be done for the first time, but you don't have the right skills in-house and you don't want to outsource it, then consider training the right person in-house to take it on. And the reason I say that is you'll have a much smoother time to train an existing team member who's already bought into your brand vibe. So they know your clients and they already know your way of doing things. And it's sometimes easier in the long run to train them from scratch if they have the capability and the aptitude to do it. So think about it this way. It takes only a split second for someone who's unfamiliar with your brand and the way you work to pick up a task, get it wrong, and it becomes a costly mistake. So I think you should weigh this up when you're deciding to do the task in-house or to outsource it to somebody completely new to you. Now, I always tell my clients that if a project or a task needs to be right first time or if it could negatively impact your client relationships, then in most cases, it's probably better to keep it in-house. All right, so a few final tips from me before we move on to the next step. So before you delegate anything to anyone make sure you know the strengths and limitations of your people. So for important tasks don't relinquish your accountability and make them totally responsible. So remember if you're reassigning critical pieces of work to work in a way where you retain a level of oversight and you delegate responsibility so not accountability for the completion of that work So for some things, the but really does stop with you. So if you have a team of mixed skill levels and abilities, try to avoid delegating in such a way that you're always choosing the same person. So if that's happening, then try to understand why this is happening and check that that your other team members are having the right support that that's going to enable them to grow. And another tip is to make sure that your people have all the resources and the training that they need in advance to get the task done. And then if you've agreed to provide a level of oversight to help someone complete a task, then make sure that you really do make yourself available. You'd be amazed at how many people forget to do this. And the final tip here is once you've clearly laid out all your requirements, avoid the urge to micromanage. Just let them get on with it and come to you if they need to. So if you're a micromanager or you just want to leave that bad habit behind, then all the more reason to make sure you've clearly laid out your requirements and expectations in advance. Now, there's nothing more demotivating for people to be given a task and then to have their boss breathing down their necks every five minutes. So try not to do that. Okay, so once you've made that decision of who's going to manage the work, then it's time for step three. So that's creating a simple work plan with that team member. So basically, what you're going to do now is write down what you've decided in steps one and two. And you're doing that to ensure that your team member has all the information they need to feel empowered to go away and do the task and complete it successfully. And depending on the size of the task, you might want to create a project brief or for smaller tasks, bullet points on an email or in your project managed tool like Asana or ClickUp will do just fine. So that's articulating clearly the specifics of what needs to be done. And don't forget to include what successful completion of that task or that project looks like. So if they're doing the task for the first time, include instructions or links to tutorial videos on how to do the task. Remember, you want to set them up for success. And then build some context around your request and explain why it's important and what the task is actually for. Now that's going to help you keep your team member feeling motivated and bought into completing the task or that project really well. And then remember, delegate whole tasks to one person and avoid splitting the same task between people and the reason you're doing it that way is to ensure that you have one person responsible for completing any task. So you don't want to end up in a situation where Jack is saying that they thought that Jill was doing it and then before you know it the task becomes unclear, it's less motivating and it offers less chance to challenge your team members especially if it's something new. So if you're packaging a bunch of tasks into a project which is going to be supported by a team then again make sure you choose someone to lead the project as well as assigning the individual tasks out to your team members. Then specify the outcome that you're looking for by explaining the results that you want to see. So what does good look like? And then Agree on the level of oversight that they'll need and when you're checking on their progress. So plan for step-by-step reviews on complex tasks or projects, and then hold step-by-step reviews anyway when you're working with new team members so that you'll know straight away if the task or project starts going off the rails. Okay, so let's move on to step four. So implementing your work plan. So this step again is quite self-explanatory. Once the task's delegated and underway, then it's time for you to focus on your business and keep yourself on standby to support your team members if they need it. And don't forget, if this is the first time your team are picking up a task or if it's complex, you might need to factor in extra time in your diary to provide guidance and oversight until your team members are feeling confident enough to do it on their own. And if you've agreed review check-ins for longer pieces of work, then don't forget to schedule these into your diary. All right, so let's move on to the final step in how to master delegation like a CEO. And that's step five, to actually give your team some feedback. Now, not everyone likes giving feedback, but part of stepping into leadership is giving feedback when a task is completed. So I want you to give feedback to the person or the team on how they did. And if they did a great job, what was it specifically that they did to hit the mark? So feedback is a fantastic way of building confidence, building personal growth and strengthening your relationships with your team members. So keep your feedback positive and constructive. So ask them how they found the task, where they struggled and if they did, how they might approach that struggle next time around. And don't forget to say thanks too. Now, I've always had feedback from the people who have worked with me that showing my genuine gratitude and saying thank you or nice work was always hugely appreciated. So if your team were managing a project on your behalf, then you might want to celebrate with them or buy them lunch or some coffees to say thank you. So you'll close out this delegation process by reflecting on how things went. And don't forget to reflect on how you felt during the process, especially if you're anything like how I used to be with that fear of handing over those reins to somebody else. So ask yourself, is there anything that I should change for next time? And is there anything that I need to work on in my own mindset? So in the podcast, we've taken a huge deep dive into how to delegate like a CEO. Now, honing your delegation skills does take time and practice. But after this episode, I hope I've been able to kickstart your journey to become an effective delegator and find the confidence to step away from the minutia and into the role as leader of your business. So have a great day and I'll see you next week.